Welcome to the Industrial Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about how to grow an industrial business, make more money, and the many failures and lessons learned along the way. I'm your host, Luke Binden, and I co-own a small manufacturing business. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. You've identified a problem and you have the medicine to fix it. Today we're talking about how to start an industrial business. So you have customers who have asked you to start this business. You may have an in-depth knowledge in this field or some type of unfair advantage and you are ready to get your industrial business started. Um, When I talk about unfair advantage, I really mean three things, which would be like access to funding, low or no competition, or you have a co-founder or a team with experience. Um, Otherwise, you just have yourself and your knowledge that you're starting with. If you are a solo entrepreneur, I would recommend you look strongly at finding a co-founder. One of the things that the Y Combinator startup organization looks at is a uh, co-founder for the companies that they fund. And I think the saying goes that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And of course, if you are starting an industrial type business, you probably are wanting to start something that will be around for a while, you know, not die within the first couple of years. So it's something to look at if you have someone else you can think of that, you know, you might want to start a business with, then look at it and ask them and kick the idea around. Now, if you do end up finding a team or a co-founder, my recommendation, what I've seen in the industry um, from vendors that have gone out of business or friends that have started businesses that have failed with other co-founders or with teams is that they did not define A, the roles and responsibilities early on. Um, You know, they kind of go off of the handshake of ownership. They don't really lay out anything on paper. It's kind of like, Hey, I'll take your word. I'll take your word for it that you're going to do right by me, all this kind of stuff. And my take on this is like people, I think generally mean well, um, when they go into these type of situations. But I mean, if you think about it as in like a, a long-term relationship that you're entering into, especially with like a co-founder, you might be entering into a type of relationship that you're going to have for a long time. And 50% of people in their marriages in divorce, you know? And so my thinking behind this is like, okay, trust, but verify, always have everything written down. You can handshake, but say, Hey, let's lay out the expectations that each of us has for the business, for how our personal lives are going to kind of manifest themselves into our business, uh, how much money we expect to make from the business, how that looks over time, depending on how we grow, what we're going to sell, like really, really hone in and get specific on these type of things. Otherwise, you don't want to be having this conversation three years down the road and, you know, things are either going really well or really bad and you're having to have these conversations or, you know, just life happens and one of the founders 
Um, you might, might have like a tragedy in the family or might just decide they don't want to do the business anymore. And it's a complete 180 from where they started. Well, how do you decide once you're that far in all of the liability, all of the responsibility that comes along with co-owning a business? You really got to lay that out in the beginning. Whatever you do, don't just go into it with a handshake I mean, I know it's going to be awkward, but it's going to be a lot more awkward if you're three, five years into the business and the business fails and you're stuck holding the bag. So figure all that crap out in the beginning. Now, luckily, I'm not speaking from experience here. We actually did this with Gasquip, laid out a lot of the things in writing beforehand, and that has saved us a lot of uh, uncomfortable conversations and just being able to point back. Uh, for both sides to look and say, hey, this is what we decided on the beginning. Here's where we're going and here's where we're at currently. So I'm pretty fortunate to have some really good mentors and partners um, for our business in particular that we were able to do all these things right from the beginning and, you know, look around and and learn from other people's mistakes. Um, That's something I'm very, very grateful for to have so early on in my uh, career. Nonetheless, Always have the hard conversations up front. All right, so now with that out of the way, let's talk about some tactical ways of actually getting the business started. So the very first thing I would do would be to go on Inkfile. The Inkfile website It's just basically a service where you go on there, you pay a couple hundred bucks. Normally, these type of services that will start your LLC for you will offer some kind of package or deal to where you're basically paying the uh, filing fee for the state that you live in. And for Texas, I think it was like a couple hundred bucks and then they'll act as your agent. Um, if you end up becoming a larger business or when I'll apply to get like a Dunn's number or something like that. So, uh, it's pretty darn cheap. A couple hundred bucks inkfile.com, I believe is what it is. Second step I would do is get a bank account, set it up, get a credit card or even just a debit card to start out with, get your checking account set up, get that all dialed in. Um, Third, get your phone set up. Um, tons of really good internet service phone providers out there. We use Nextiva, and I have it set up on my phone. And basically, it just uh, rings like my normal cell phone does, just through an app called Nextiva on my phone. Uh, really easy to use and get started with. Very next step I would take is to set up my email and, of course, your team and co-founders' emails. Um, I would recommend Microsoft. It seems like the easiest thing to use and to integrate with other customers and vendors in the industry. Um, of course with Microsoft teams, outlook, the, um, calendar integrations, everything that's happening with AI to integrate with the Microsoft platform, um, is all really good. So I would recommend that, uh, set up your website pretty early on. You want to start getting recognized by all the search platforms, Google being whatever else people use nowadays. Um, you want to get that set up. I wouldn't spend too much time on it. You can optimize a lot of the website stuff later, you know, get a, you can really just have like a landing page if you want to, to start out with. So people can find you and know that you're legit. Um, to the same extent, you don't have to do this right away, but you want to eventually get your, my Google business listing. Um, it helps UPS FedEx, um, and just people in general be able to know where your business is physically located. Um, so that's important. Uh, the next thing I would do is just 
I should say all of this kind of stuff should take one day, two days maximum. Like you really should be able to get all of this stuff done pretty quickly minus getting your actual LLC. Cause it takes a little uh, time to actually come in the mail. Everything else you can get done within like a day. Once you have all that stuff done, start solving customer problems like as soon as you can and literally just ask like what problems are you having how can i solve them you got to start getting money in the door you got to start getting the idea that you are a business in your customers minds that you can start fulfilling their needs and generating cash getting the cash flow up Um, i found that early on just finding the small wins of getting sales quickly really helped keep us motivated and obviously a little bit of cash doesn't hurt to uh, start getting started on other things so start solving those problems right away and it may not be exactly what you set out to sell or provide to your customers initially but of course many great businesses pivot at some point so don't close your mind off to that and it's always great to pivot quicker than later especially if it's the right way to go. So be open to that and just start generating cash for the business. And that is really honestly all there is to it when it comes to starting a business. It's really not that complicated. I mean, literally anybody can do it. And if you don't remember how to do it or for what I told you today, you can go look it up. It's really honestly very simple to get started. The harder thing in business, of course, is figuring out how to make your business last. I mean, the statistics on business, especially small businesses are very rough when it comes to how long they last. I think, you know, like 90% of small businesses go out of business within the first, I think it's like three or five years. So get started, get going, start generating cash flow. And I love the quote by Warren Buffett talking about how to delight your customers. And he's quoted as saying, tomorrow morning when you look in the mirror, after you've gotten up, just write, put it in lipstick or whatever you want on the mirror. Just put, delight my customer. He then clarified, the phrase is not satisfy my customer. Any business that has delighted customers has a sales force out there. You don't have to pay them. You don't see them. But they're talking to people all the time. And I think this really drives home the idea that I wish I would have known was so strong when we first started the business is that word of mouth is the invisible hand that either drives or destroys businesses. Um, It can either compound for you or against you. And it's really hard to quantify word of mouth growth, but it is extremely hard to come back from bad word of mouth. And it really can work for you or against you. And I've seen a lot of businesses like partners in the industry, vendors, whatever. They're like, man, I just can't get my, I can't get my products to sell. I've been doing all this marketing, all this stuff. And I'm like, man, you just have a terrible reputation in the industry. Or it might be, you don't pay your bills. And literally that kind of stuff just gets through the grapevine, through osmosis, through the rest of the industry, whether people are just talking on the phone, meeting at trade shows, that kind of stuff spreads quickly and it's really hard to come back from. So just something to keep in mind. Um, you might be looking at all the financials and the marketing and everything else that you can really put a number on, but it's really hard to quantify, but it's almost intuitive that 
word of mouth, especially nowadays with how connected everything is, is really the invisible hand behind most successful businesses. Real quick, guys, if you like this type of content, feel free to leave me a review down below. Uh, it really helps reach more people and hopefully spread a message worth spreading. I started this podcast because I wanted to help other entrepreneurs grow their businesses and also find other like-minded people that want to collaborate later on in our careers. So you can find me at LinkedIn at Luke Benden. Thanks for watching. Catch you on the next one. Bye.